Whether you are new to the living healthy lifestyle or a healthy living veteran, this is the place for the honest answers to your questions. Naturally Savvy with registered holistic nutritionist Andrea Donsky and health journalist Lisa Davis on RadioMD.com. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis along with Andrea Donsky, and I'm sure we've all known people who have battled cancer. Some have are still with us. Some have lost, like my mother, who I lost 20 years ago to cancer. And it's just such a hard thing. So if there are things we can do to help fight cancer now, I am like, let's do it. So we've got Matthew McCurdy, MD, PhD, DABR. He's a board certified radiation oncologist. He also takes a very integrative approach. And we're going to talk about five changes you can make to help fight cancer. Dr. McCurdy, welcome to Naturally Savvy. Great. Yeah. Happy to be here. It's so nice to have you on. Well, because there's five and the time is short, we're going to jump right in. The first one is diet, limit refined sugar. I've been hearing that more and more. Talk to us about that. You know, we diet is one of these very controversial topics that no one really knows for sure and that we're learning more and more about each day. And, you know, 50 years ago, we started with, well, it was fat, uh, especially saturated fats. Now we know that that's most likely wrong. Mm-hmm. And so what is it about our Western diet? It's probably refined sugars. Um, a number of studies have been done, and animals mostly, showing that when they get tumors, that they put tumors in their body, they grow more rapidly, they spread more, they're more likely to get tumors if they're on diets that have more of these refined sugars. And that's now been shown. Um, these aren't well-controlled trials in humans, of course, because it's not necessarily ethical to say you must eat, you know, these, this much cake and you can't have any cake. But, uh, you know, based on, you know, roughly these are your guidelines or people fill out questionnaires and how much sugar are you taking in, especially refined sugar, right? So not, not an apple, but a cake. And uh, mm-hmm. the more sugar you have, the more likely, this is with women, this, the, most, the best study has been done, the more likely to get breast cancer or it's more, most likely to come back mm-hmm. if they've had breast cancer. Hmm. Well, I think it's great that the government put in the U.S. Di- dietary guidelines. I think they just released them last month. And now they're saying that we should, we should basically not eat any more than 50 grams, 50 milligrams of sugar a day, right? I think that's it? Well, and they, yeah, that's, uh, that is it. And it's, you know, they're different um, guidelines, say different things. But also, no more than 10% of your calories, which is a lot. I, I do a lot of running. So 10% of 4,000 calories would be a lot of sugar, more than I would would want to eat. Um, but, you know, those guidelines actually, interestingly, um, are hopefully the, the Congress is going to do an independent review panel because um, some of the people on the panel are involved in industry. And so, we you know, we worry about con- conflict of interest, the meat industry, the all different industries, especially the soda beverage industry in particular. Mm. Mm, yeah, we get oh, so, like so they're going to be looking at those soda. again. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's unbelievable. All right, so let's move on. I mean, we could talk about sugar forever. All right, so let's move on. What would be the next thing that we need to do in order to really help prevention when it comes to cancer? So I would, well, of course, I have to say doing the screening, the recommended screening. So get the mammograms, um, colonoscopy. Um, I, I know PSA for prostate is controversial. My personal view um, is that it's better to know your PSA and and no biopsy results, and then it's how you how you apply that knowledge. It's, it's going to doctors who, you know, multiple doctors, and, and not necessarily choosing an active treatment, but just knowing uh, what, and, and that's a different philosophy. Some people say don't even measure your PSA, but, but I would say, you know, another 
factor is get your your screening tests. What what is the controversy around PSA? Because PSA is a blood test, is that what I believe? And that's for prostate, right? Maybe you could just explain that a little bit to the to our listeners. So PSA, prostate specific antigen, is present in in the blood of of all men, and it's elevated in a number of conditions. One of those is prostate cancer. It's also elevated in inflammatory conditions if you have an infection of the prostate. If you went on a two-hour mountain bike ride or horseback riding, your your PSA is elevated for the next couple uh, of hours. So it's right, relatively okay. nonspecific, but, and it also goes up with age. And so if you have an enlargement of the prostate with, that's not cancer, your PSA also goes up. And so PSA is kind of okay, an okay screening test. It's not the best. It's not as good as mammograms. And that's hmm. only part of the picture. So an, a man gets an elevated PSA. He decides to undergo a biopsy, so an ultrasound is inserted into the rectum, and if there's 12 cores, 12 shots in through the rectum into the prostate uh, are taken, and then they look for cancer. So prostate cancer is very slow-growing, uh, usually, and uh, it's usually found early stage, and so men in their 50s or early 60s might choose surgery, which has side effects, uh, urinary incontinence, uh, decreased erectile function, sexual function, um, when maybe they, they didn't need treatment for 10 years or an older men in particular with low-risk cancer, they would die of something else if they're in their 80s. And so that's sort of the controversy is are we treating a lot of men that don't necessarily need treatment, you know, to prevent how many deaths? Hmm. Interesting. You know, I want to go on to the next one. By the way, we'd love to have you back because as you're speaking, I have so many questions, but the show is so yeah. short that I, sure. I want to get through your points and I want to get through the, <laughs> you know, the other one. But we, we definitely want to have you come back because I do have some other questions around treatments. Sure. All right, so. I want to talk about taking care of yourself psychologically and socially. And I think this is such an important point for people who have cancer. So can you elaborate on this and how it can really help people um, in terms of, you know, I guess, what, if they are diagnosed with cancer or if they want to prevent it? Yes, that's a, this is an excellent point because the, the doctors are trained to give drugs or do procedures. And this, this the biopsychosocial model, I think, is what, what's so important. So um, uh, doctors try to cure a cancer, you know, and, and they knock patients down, and it's no fault of their own. So this is where the biopsychosocial model can really come in. Get plugged in back to your, your social support, you know, whether it's community groups, your family, um, exercise, walking, gardening, getting outdoors, getting sunshine, taking omega-3 fatty acids. That sort of thing is the best for getting through the side effects from the treatment. And, and I think that's what's so important. And that's what we're kind of learning in oncology and all of medicine in general. It's kind of new. It's this nascent field, but it's very exciting, you know, all the research that's done. done now. It so is really I recommend exciting. that to all my patients. Yeah. Yeah, and I love that you take an integrative approach, for example, limiting your exposure to environmental pollutants. I mean, we talk about that a ton on Naturally Savvy. And even what you're washing your clothes with, what you're cleaning your carpets with, they're not getting new carpet in the first place because all the off-gassing. What kind of environmental pollutants is that the type of thing you're talking about? It is, and you know that's a whole other area of discussion. And how far do you go? You definitely don't want to be make yourself very anxious. But strawberries, for example, it's surprising. If you look at the uh, there's a government website that has what's the, the what fruit or vegetable that has has the most um, toxins? It's strawberries because they can't get the mm. the toxin out. You can't wash it off. But so in particular, I'm talking about air pollution and lung cancer because in my world, uh, it's okay. I'm thinking of cancer, cancer, cancer. Um, so, uh, running next to a busy street or a park, mm. I hate it when they put playgrounds next to an interstate, 
Um, this, those mm-hmm. sorts of things increase the risk of a general, you know, population a little bit of getting cancer. You know, it's interesting that you say that about, um, you know, just about the children being exposed to, you know, in an interstate or even how people are running on the street. And, you know, there are so many people all the time you see, especially in the summer, even in the winter where they're jogging and they're running outside and it's on a busy street. So maybe just take, you know, we have like maybe a minute left. Maybe just take a minute just to explain to people why that is so dangerous and what are some options they could do if they enjoy running but don't have a treadmill at home? Well, and well, urban planning is one one uh, policy solution. Um, trying to find a time and a place where there's less traffic and you know where it's still safe. Um, you know that's that's uh, I I don't run on busy streets and and what what's the risk to a person to an individual? It's low. Um, so I think these other things we're talking about. I mean, the diet is going to make you feel better overall, and it's not just cancer; it's many other things. Um, but um, you, you definitely want to, you know, try to limit exposure to certain things. Don't, uh, plastics is another b- a big one. Um, mm-hmm. Even if it's BPA-free, they have another polyphenol that's similar that we just don't about, you know. So don't be fooled by the yes. BPA-free. It's, <laughs> still, it's still plastic. If it's malleable, it has a lot of plasticizers, and those leach out. No, I love that you're talking about this. All right, well, you can learn more about Dr. McCurdy at his website, austincancercenter.com, or on Twitter at Austin Cancer Center. Austin Cantor. I'm Andrea Donsky along with Lisa Davis. This is Naturally Savvy Radio on Radio MD. Stay well. Mm-hmm.